You're listening to the Watermark Plano Reengage Ministry audio resources. To learn more about Reengage, such as ministry times and other Reengage resources, please visit watermark.org forward slash reengage. Alrighty. Well, my name is Keith Burnett, and this is my beautiful wife, Rachel. We've been married for six and a half years in Texas in what I consider a loving Christian home. I have two older sisters and one younger sister. Our church routine was different from most, being that my mom was Catholic and my dad was Baptist. We would alternate between churches each week. This created a lot of conflict between my parents. Around age eight, we started attending only the Catholic church. My interpretation of being a Christian meant going to church and trying to be a good person. We never missed mass, even while on vacation, but my heart was never pulled towards Christ until I visited my grandparents' small-town Baptist church in Cottonsville, Texas. I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior at the age of 10. However, my pursuit of Christ didn't change. Growing up in my home, my mom made most of the decisions, while my dad's goal was trying to keep the peace in the family. Our family's busy schedules kept everyone on the move, but our focus was always on making good grades and being the best at every extracurricular activity we were involved in. I grew up in Bryan, Texas in a Christian home with both parents and two siblings. We attended church Sundays, Wednesday nights, and were in the children's ministry. My grandparents owned a Christian preschool and I attended and went on to a private elementary school. I was saved and baptized when I was six years old, but a true heart change didn't follow my decision. A deep-rooted foundation of faith was modeled from both my parents and grandparents, but as we got older, I felt that our faith and values faded. My dad worked six days a week and was a great provider financially, but that left little time for family. My mom devoted her time and energy on raising us kids, which didn't allow for a healthy Christ-centered marriage to be modeled. I didn't receive the affection and spiritual leader from my father that I needed so much as a little girl. Beginning at an early age, I found great success in both sports and academics. I always felt the pressure to perform perfectly, and I never wanted to disappoint my parents. I developed an unhealthy habit of always trying to please others and placed a high value on achieving worldly success. Although conflict was not a big issue in our household, when there were disagreements, Everyone would go separate ways, there was awkward silence, and then we would just get over it. Throughout high school, I continued to find my identity through sports, academics, and being the nice guy. I valued what others thought of me and would do whatever it took to make others happy. As early as middle school, I searched to fill the void of being desired and loved by seeking the attention from guys. This led to a pattern of inappropriate relationships and looking to others to make me happy. After an eight-year relationship ended without closure, I felt rejected and hurt, and I became codependent on friends, insecure, and feared abandonment. This pattern of destruction, along with the party scene, continued throughout my college years. After graduating from Texas A&M, I began working while waiting for the nursing program to open. Romans 12.2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. After high school, I went to Texas Tech with the hopes of playing baseball. That dream ended, so I joined a fraternity instead. 
After leaving my small hometown and all the success I found, I searched endlessly to find my new identity at college. Coping with alcohol in hopes of fitting, uh, in, hopes of fitting in, along with a season of depression, I realized I needed to make a change. At the end of my second year at Tech, I packed up my things and moved to College Station to attend nursing school. Texas A&M Nursing School is where Keith and I met. Our relationship began with him pursuing me very strongly. With past relationships that had failed, I was never used to a guy that wanted to be with me. He was genuine, kind, and had a big heart. I fell for him because of the way he treated me. I saw a softness and desire to be an involved father, which was something else that attracted me to him. I was hesitant about settling and letting go of my independence and control, but his pursuit was strong and I couldn't let this one slip away. Being the only guy with 20 girls in nursing school, I'd say the odds were in my favor. <laughs> I still remember when Rachel first sat down next to me and judgingly asked, are you not going to take notes? I began pursuing her as much as I could, sending her flowers, writing her notes, but she wasn't interested. Although I felt some rejection, I continued to try and finally won her over. Our dating life in school consisted of studying together, going to bars, and crossing sexual boundaries early on. We graduated nursing school and moved to Dallas, making the decision to live together while starting our careers. A year after starting our careers, we got engaged in the fall of 2011 and married December 2012. Keith and I began our married life living for ourselves. We partied with friends and took vacations together anytime we had the chance. We would visit churches when it was convenient, but never committed or made it a priority. When we had conflicts, our problems would never get resolved. We would fight, then make up a few days later and tell each other we would change the next time. We were the best at keeping score. I started to build resentment as unmet expectations led to anger and bitterness. I would put Keith down in front of my family and others and would never encouragement. I had built up resentment towards his parents and would control plans to avoid spending time with them. Beginning in 2014, when things were beginning to spiral, we thought growing our family would be a good idea. Being diagnosed with unexplained infertility caused even more strain for our marriage as sexual intimacy became a chore. After we finally got pregnant, we had Klein. Things began, things between Keith and I got better, but we quickly fell back into old patterns. I felt so angry and bitter as a new mom taking care of our daughter alone. Proverbs 14.1, the wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears hers down. After Rachel and I got married, my pursuit of her became non-existent. When we had conflict, I would withdraw and isolate myself until the tension had cleared, leaving our arguments unresolved. I was not walking with Christ and being the spiritual leader Rachel needed me to be. Instead, I began directing more of my time and attention to my work responsibilities, eventually taking on a new leadership role. I was working the night shift, commuting two hours a day, and found reasons to go in early and stay late. I felt respected in my supervisor role and became consumed with people-pleasing and the praise that came with it. I was not concerned with the fact that Rachel and I were just living together as roommates. I continuously threatened divorce as I saw no other options to fix our broken marriage. And with the extra attention and recognition I received at work, I eventually led myself into an inappropriate relationship. Rachel became aware of the relationship 
but as I was still living for myself, I was unwilling to admit my part and reconcile. I knew my actions were wrong, yet I still continued in the relationship and eventually moved out. Rachel wanted to repair our marriage and began seeking counsel for mentors, sending me scripture each day and even started attending re-engage by herself. However, my walk with Christ was non-existent at this point and I had no desire to hear about re-engage or the scriptures she had been sending. Proverbs 16, 18 through 19 says, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Better to be lowly in spirit along with the oppressed than to share plunder with the proud. A month prior to me finding out about the affair, Keith and I had a fight in our garage where he told me he couldn't live like this any longer, and if things didn't change, he was going to leave. At this point, the fear of his words brought me to my knees. I experienced a brokenness that is indescribable. I began focusing on my part of the relationship and owning that. God revealed to me through his word and wise counsel that I was idolizing my husband in marriage. I was looking to Keith to make me happy. My words weren't lifting him up or encouraging. I was controlling and robbing him of his God-given role as a leader, and my anger and bitterness changed my tone to unloving and harsh. Instantly, I began to pray for God to change my heart. During the time after the affair was revealed, I asked for forgiveness first from God and then from Keith for my, for my actions. My eyes were open to the gift of love and forgiveness that Christ has given to me, and how could I not extend that to Keith? I went to war fighting for our marriage, praying for Keith to come to brokenness and desire a relationship with Christ. God had revealed himself to me through my suffering, and ultimately I desired the same for Keith. My fight didn't end there. I began attending re-engage and re returned each week because there was so much hope. God was changing people, marriages, and legacies, and I put my faith in him to change mine however that would look. Ezekiel 36, 26 says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. During the time that I had essentially given up on our marriage and moved out, I had little concern for the hurt I was causing Rachel. I would occasionally stop by our house, eager to see our daughter, but anticipated having more arguments with Rachel. Until one day I came home to an unfamiliar setting. As I walked in prepared for a fight, Rachel was calm and collected during our conversation. I was quick to point out her faults and the anger I had built up, but her responses were given with grace and humility. In that moment, and each time after, I noticed a change in Rachel. I knew she had been reading her Bible, seeking biblical counsel, and praying more than ever. I knew Christ was at work in her life, and I was envious of her. I finally realized that I had been pushing away a relationship with a God who loves me unconditionally, despite all my faults. Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. My eyes were open and I could see my brokenness and the need to restore my relationship with Christ. I was determined to return home and reconcile with Rachel. I immediately began working on myself by first repairing my relationship with Christ. I made promises to Rachel by ending the affair, changing jobs and setting strict boundaries to regain trust. 
I began attending Reengage with Rachel, and we were placed in a group with leaders that we now consider family. The breakthrough chapter for me was on humility. Philippians 2, 3 through 4 says, Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. We went through re-engage, or sorry, we went through membership here at Watermark, joined a community group, and went through Equip Disciple One together. We continued to walk in obedience after our hearts have been transformed and were baptized together in early 2018, and the blessing continued to flow from above when we welcomed our baby boy in October of 2018. Keith fulfilled his promises and so did God. Today, our marriage looks very different. Christ is the center of our relationship and we are growing spiritually. We still have disagreements, but we are equipped with the tools to help us communicate effectively, love like Christ, forgive, and put the other person over ourselves. We have been able to live out how God intended our marriage to be. We are still learning our biblical role as husband and wife by each working on ourselves. We don't have it all figured out, but what we do have is a goal of oneness that is aligned with Christ. Our prayer is that our story brings hope to your marriage and encourages you to prioritize your relationship with Christ. You cannot change or control your spouse. You can only invite God in to change you. I truly believe God used me to influence and draw my husband to him. He gave me strength that I needed during the hurt and pain to persevere. It's amazing what God can do when you surrender and put all trust in him. James 1, 2 through 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. Thanks for letting us share.